And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. Casey Gisclair here with Coach Brian Colley. Hope everybody is enjoying the first day of November. Uh, It's crazy to think we are already in November. Um, But we've got a fun show coming your way today. Uh, It is Wednesday, so that means we've got our mailbag. That'll be coming a little later on. Um, We've got... Uh, one Mr. Brian Joseph Young joining us at noon for his Wednesday weekly interview spot. Of course, if he just heard me say Brian Joseph, then he may not answer the phone at noon, but that's okay too. Um, at 12.15, we've got the turtle, Taylor Griffin, who will be joining us uh, to talk about some things happening in the world of local sports and beyond. Um, you like my new y- lanyard? Yeah. So, uh, nice. Very nice. Didn't take long, huh? No. Already rocking with the Clippers. Got Jump some, ship, man, quick. Got some Clipper gear. Jump from one ship to the next. I uh, actually watched the entire Clipper game last night, cover Yo. to cover. We're loaded. Yeah. Oh, we're loaded. We got some dudes, boy. Uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, we're not going to do that again today. We did that enough Thank yesterday. You. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, we, in this part of the show, we'll talk about some high school volleyball. Um we had some a couple of teams play yesterday, and we'll give you some stats. We don't often, you know, run down some of the, uh, you know, the playmakers and different things like that in the local high school volleyball ranks, but we're going to do that today because those young ladies deserve some uh, some glory. Vanderbilt gets a opening round victory over Vinton. Um, the number six Terriers dominated the match. Uh, got an easy victory. 25 8, 25 10, 25 7. Uh, Neil Grace Berry, uh, nine kills, seven digs, and a block for Vanderbilt. Shay Sanders, five kills. Ella Rowell, eight digs and three aces. Mackenzie Glenn, seven digs, 12 assists. Ava Smith, 16 assists for the Vanderbilt team, who will now uh, be facing the winner between Lutcher and Episcopal. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Lutcher will be the winner of that match. Uh, um, the Terriers have faced Lutcher twice this season. Um, Vanderbilt won both times, but both matches were very competitive, uh, including a four-set victory in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, congratulations to Vanderbilt getting a win there. Also, congratulations to E.D. White for getting a playoff volleyball victory over Cecilia, 25-9, 25-17, and 25-10. Emery Ferret had 14 kills. Brighton Radcliffe added 12 Elise Toops had six kills. Kylie Johnson had five. Carson Bro and Katherine Harrison um, were setting up their outside hitters in great positions. Carson Bro had 25 assists. Katherine Harrison had 15. Uh, Olivia Besson had three aces. Um, Bro had two. Defensively, Besson had 12 digs. Ellie Landry had eight, and Bro had seven. And Johnson had two blocks for Edie White, who will now await the winner between number 15 Berwick and number 18 Patrick Taylor Sciences and Technology. E.D. White faced Berwick earlier this season and got a straight sets victory. So both E.D. White and Vanderbilt could potentially be facing uh, familiar opponents in the second round. Um, and I didn't even realize this, and, and, and shame on me because I've been saying this wrong all year long. I've been on the air saying, oh, well, this team's got a chance to go to the Pontchartrain Center. Uh, the state tournament's not even in the Pontchartrain Center anymore. It's now in the Cajun Dome. Uh, yeah, we knew what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah it's uh, What well, it should still be in the Pontchartrain Center, because they actually did a really good job there. 
Um, and the state basketball tournament should be in the Cajun Dome. But anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there, right? Um, did you see the big news around the state of Louisiana that broke this morning? Then I probably didn't see it. Okay. <clears throat> so everybody is – and look, by the way – I kind of agree with the LHSA on this one, but my issue is going to be the timing of it all. Um, everybody around the state was thinking that this weekend was going to be a historic weekend around the state because it was going to be the weekend where JT Curtis became the winningest high school football coach in history, potentially. They got to beat Carr first, right? And that you know that's no tall, you know that's no small feat. But he's he was we believed one win away from breaking the record of the most um, victories as a high school coach. Well, the LHSAA came out today and was like, "Oh no, sorry, Bob, you are not one win away." The LHSAA said, hey, remember that time that we took one of your state championships away? Well, you forfeited 30 wins in the process. So the LHSAA is now saying that JT Curtis is 31 wins away from being the winningest high school football coach. So he's now like three and a half, four seasons away from that record. Hey, look, if you forfeit some victories, if you cheated, if you broke a rule, whatever, hey, I'm all for that. Um I do think it's kind of shady that they waited until the week of him breaking the record to clarify that. Um, but we're not going to have history made whether Curtis beats Carr or not. JT's going to have to wait to try to break that record. Okay, but that was a, a, a few years ago, correct? Where they came in? It's a decade ago. Go oh, that long? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean the ruling came down later, but the season that right, I'm vacated, talking about with the ruling. When yeah, yeah, that was not a decade ago. That was just three, four years ago. Okay, well. They knew, right, that he had to. Well, say he that the school had to forfeit thirty something games or whatever it was. Yep, they knew at that time. I would have thought. So yeah. why they didn't take it off his record? I mean, self like at the school. Good question. That's that was my thing. It was like the timing of it all. Well, whatever it is, it is. But we should we should have entered the season knowing for sure. And the, the LHSA came out and said, you know, we're not recognizing this record uh, because he forfeited 30 wins, bro. And I guess everyone was assuming that those games were taken off. Yeah. Well, but if it would, he would have had the record. I don't know. You've been saying all year that you think John Curtis is going to win the state championship. They got to face Edna Carr, who nobody's talking about. How in the hell could Edna Carr be quietly 8-0? Nobody's talking about them. Um Curtis going to beat Carr this weekend. They're going on the road. They're facing Carr on the road. This is a big old playoff matchup for seeding purposes. Carr's currently number one. Curtis is currently number 10. Um, huge game on Friday. Man. Well, wasn't it last year in the regular season that Carr hammered him? Two of them. Hammered him, yes. But then Curtis got the end result. They won it last well, won it all. But look, let's let's be let's be honest. They didn't have to face Carr in the playoffs. Let, let's be honest. Um and I, I mean this, it's going to sound like I'm hating on John Curtis, and I, I really am not. Carr would have won the state championship last year had their quarterback not gotten hurt. Their quarterback yeah. got hurt late in the season. They were destroying everybody when he was there. Whenever he went down, it was not the same team. But um, Carr 8-0, Curtis 6-2. Um, this is going to be a fun one. 
<laughs> this is going to be a very, very fun game on Friday out in the city. Yeah, and I, I think Curtis wants to come in and and prove that what happened last year. But that's easier said than done. You can, uh, yeah, it's going to be a heck of a game. But I, yeah, I'm still sticking with Curtis winning it all. We'll see. We'll certainly t- uh, be be paying close attention to that. This is the most stressful time of the year, and in the next segment, we will. Um, talk about some keys and some different things um, that local teams are going to have to do this weekend um, to try to win their respective games. Uh, but this is the most stressful time of the year, man. Um, we've been there. We've, we've done it several times for a different sport. Um, <clears throat> but you're, you're waiting on your team to play. You're waiting on results from around the state. You're checking Twitter. You're hitting refresh. You're you're on the grease board. You're doing math and figuring out, all right, well, if we win, this is what it's going to be. If we lose, this is what it's going to be. You're going through every single last scenario. Um, it's that weird time of the year, man. It's that awfully weird time of the year where uh, everybody becomes a statistician. Everybody becomes a mathematician. And, oh, I see you got some breaking news there that I was not aware of. Oh, goodness. Uh, St. Charles Catholic will be playing up this coming season to 4A. Lovely. It doesn't affect South Lafouche at all. They're going to be in select either way. But Oh, yeah, it's true. That's true. So they'll be Division Two. Well, I think they're already Division Two, right? No, they're Division Three. So they'll be moving from Division Three to Division Two. That affects Vanderbilt and E.D. White, though. So, so it, yeah, they added two. It could potentially affect South Lafouche in January if the principals decide, hey, we're not going to be split anymore. Then they would be in four A, but I don't think that's going to happen, man. I. We hear traction and, and talks, and but every time they vote on it, the, the gap is wider than yeah, ever. And yesterday at noon was the deadline for schools to declare if they want to play up or not. And St. Charles has decided that they, they will. They're going to play up to 4A. Evangel, if I'm not mistaken, is actually um, – and that's a Riverside, so Evangel wouldn't be listed there. But I, if I'm not mistaken, Evangel's actually playing up to 5A this coming season. Um, in this coming cycle. So they'll be joining Division One with Curtis. In yeah, there was about four teams, I think, last year that, that played up to 5A. Or, um, I don't know, but yesterday was the deadline and waiting for a list to come out to see um, who actually played up. There's a meeting tomorrow, I believe, to... Uh, is this when we're going to get our first well, proposals? I, no, no, I think tomorrow's meeting is... If uh, principals want to go ahead and dispute where they were placed in the classifications based on their enrollment, where they can come and say, look, our enrollment is not this. It's this right here, and we should be in this class, not this uh, this class. So uh, I don't think that locally that should really impact anybody, right? I mean, No, I, I think yeah. there will be very few. Uh, it's only principals if you have a gripe to, to go tomorrow. After that meeting tomorrow – is when they're going to come with um, the basic districts and all for hmm. for the principals and, and ADs to look at. But I don't think that list will be available tomorrow, uh, but it may. 
So we'll be keeping our eyes on that either way. Tomorrow, by the way, is going to be a little bit of a different show. Um, tomorrow, we are going to be at Terrebonne General in the locker room. This is basketball media day. So if you're a high school basketball fan, tomorrow's your show. Like from 1130 to 1, we're going to be nothing but basketball, like commercial free, nothing but basketball. We're going to be um, talking to the boys and girls coaches of most of the local schools. And I'm going to say all because don't know that we're going to have perfect attendance. Um but we're going to be talking to the coaches of most of the local schools. And uh <clears throat> should be a good time, man. Like, basketball is right around the corner. We don't realize it because we're so heavily invested in the football playoffs and everything. But, like, literally next week, I was looking at my schedule. And, like, I'm going to have to be going shoot pictures and stuff of basketball games, like, next week. It's crazy. Yeah, they had teams that scrimmaged already and some more scrimmages this week and I'm sure next week. And uh, I'm excited for tomorrow to uh, get to talk to these coaches and see their plan moving forward and – Hopefully we can get some some dates where scrimmages, where we can uh, go in and take an early look at some of these teams. And yeah, hopefully we can get some chocolate chip cookies too. Stan, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and, and no steak. Like no, yeah, there's not. Him. No, no, no. Truck was doing this dirty early before we got on the air. Volleyball today. Assumption's going to be hosting Northwood of Shreveport. Uh, we wish them nothing but the best today in that conquest. Division three. I don't know why I even clicked on that. Oh no, but there is a local team still playing. Uh, Morgan City is going to be hosting Cabrini today in Division three. Um, Lutcher's going to be playing Episcopal at some point in time. They don't have a time posted. Berwick today will be taking on Patrick Taylor. Um, so that matchup will be taking place today. Uh, let's go to Division 5, where I could tell you that today we've got Central Catholic of Morgan City who will be taking on um, Slaughter Community Charter. If Central Catholic wins, they know their opponent. Number 20, Southern Lab, defeated number 13, Family Christian, yesterday. So if Central Catholic is successful, they'll be taking on Southern Lab. Uh, CCA is going to be playing today against White Castle at 5 o'clock. So uh, some more local results for our volleyball teams, um, and we wish them all nothing but the best as they're going to be trying to make the push to the Cajun Dome in Lafayette. You see this statement here with schools playing up this last statement? That yeah, what we got. Of course, we are hoping for increased enrollment. By moving up, we feel it may make our athletic oh. programs more attractive to prospective student-athletes as well. <laughs> Tell me that you're recruiting and breaking the rules without telling me that you're recruiting and breaking the rules. More attractive to student-athletes. Well, look, here's the thing, bro. There, wow. are, there are so many – look. People are going to get pissed off at what I'm about to say. Um, and this, this, by the way, was a quote from the St. Charles Catholic Athletic Director. Um, but there's also another guy who's a prominent head football coach who we talked about earlier in this segment who hosts a television show every Friday. You think he does that for goodwill? Yeah. No, he does that to be seen. He does that so that the kids in New Orleans could see him and say, hey, that guy's cool. I want to go play for the TV, man. Come on, man. It's all a tactic. It's all it's all trying to market your program. You think that a couple years ago, um, you know, well, and I'm not even going to go there, but I'll tell you after the break what I was about to say. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. 
We're going to talk about some keys to victory for a lot of our local teams. We've got a big week 10, and then we got BJ Young at noon. We got Turtle at 12.15. We got our mailbag after that. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. We got so much good football this weekend, man. Um, and I ain't even talking about college and pro because there is a bunch of good college and pro too. But we got so much good prep. Um, the Week 10 schedule around the state, really, uh, but we're going to focus local, but around the state is is loaded to the gills. We told you about Curtis and Carr. Um, there are showdown premier matchups all around Louisiana. I mean, Catholic of Baton Rouge and Zachary. Um but we've got um, locally um, just some big heavyweight matchups. Hanville and Terrebonne. I am so interested to see. A, Hanville has an outside chance to make the playoffs if they win on Friday. And by the way, if you're a South Lafouche fan, you should be rooting pretty heavily for Terrebonne in this game. They have an outside chance to make the playoffs. I want to see Terrebonne's mood. You blew a 21-0 lead at home, lost 26-21, to game that you kind of gave away. The body language wasn't good. The vibe wasn't good. I want to see how Terrebonne, who's going to be back at home, handles that. This, to me, and we talked about all the ramifications of, you know, hey, well, if they lose, they're going to have to travel, and we talked about all of that yesterday. But just mentally, I think the first quarter of this game, Brian, is going to be so big for Tyler Lewis and his team. Terrebonne has to prove to themselves early that they have flushed that one down the drain. 
They got to get off to a strong start against Hanville on Friday. I agree, because if they get off to a, a slow start, there's going to be some of that doubt, and um, they all know they have to win to get to um, a home playoff game. And uh, and if it starts going southward fast early, then that team just may say, well, we're not going to have the home playoff game. Let's just get out of here healthy. I think, and maybe I'm going to be way wrong on this, and if I am way wrong, I'll admit it. But I'll give a weekend prediction early. I wouldn't be surprised if South Terrebonne gave Assumption a game on Friday. South Terrebonne is playing better. They are coming in with two wins in a row. And I could just sense that Assumption might kind of exhale a little bit, right? You play Lutcher and Vanderbilt back-to-back. You know you have to be up for both of those games. You win both of those games, and you're seeing huh, this little three and six team over here. That we're already the district champs, and I could see them maybe looking ahead a little bit. Coach Hawkins is going to have some sort of a plan to try to slow down that running game. Coach Babin's going to have some sort of plan to try to move the football. They've got the Dupree kid who's running the ball hard. I'm not picking South Terrebonne to win the game, right? But I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting in the South Foosh press box on Friday night and we're reading scores and we're like, what? 14 to 10? Huh? Like 21 to 17? What? I think the Gators are going to play with them on Friday. I really do. They're focused on trying to finish their season strong. This is a classic trap game for Assumption. I wouldn't be surprised if the Gators played with them. And this is also a spot for Coach Will Broussard over at Assumption to remind his guys, look, last year what we did into the season, we yeah, took our right. foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Now, okay, we in the playoffs, but you want to roll, you want to advance in the playoffs, you have to keep your foot pressed down that gas pedal and go out Friday night and do what you're supposed to do. So it, it's, uh, it's a great spot for, I think, Coach Broussard to uh, refocus his kids after coming off – these two big-time games. We're going to have B.J. Young on in about, oh, five, six minutes. Um, they're taking on Vanderbilt. Um, I think that South Lafouche will be able to move the ball at times on Vanderbilt. Um, but on the flip side to that, the big challenge and the $32,000 question is how are the Tarpons going to slow down Jalen Coleman? Coleman is now an 11th grader. His 9th and 10th grade years, South Lafouche didn't slow him down. He, he ran wild. He had big games. Um, Vanderbilt does not have the best offensive line. Can South Lafouche, who's expecting to get Tyler Otan back, and we'll ask BJ about that in a second, and he's going to probably not answer because that's what he's been doing, uh, and that's okay. Um, but they're expecting to be a little healthier. I really think that they're going to have to get some penetration early in the plays and stop him before he gets going because that's a college-level uh, track speed type of guy. If he turns that corner, you're not catching him. And I really think that the number, the magic numbers, may be like two or three. You could give him two or three big long runs, but you can't let him have any more than that. The Tarpons are going to have to figure out a way to slow him down. That's the first key. The second key, 
When you get in the red zone, this has been the Tarpons bugaboo in the games that they've lost this year. When you get in the red zone, you got to score touchdowns, man. You can't stall out. Got to finish drives when you get down there. You got to slow down Coleman. It's going to be a fun one. Two big, big factors right there in, into Friday's game. Yeah, to slow down Coleman is going to be a huge challenge. And I think the Tarpon defense, they're going to have to play sound, fundamental football. Vanderbilt, uh, again, they well coached on both sides of the football. And you're going to have to uh, be ready. They're going to come throw different formations at you, try and get you to uh, miss a line. And if you do on defense, they take advantage of it. And they try and get advantages, which most teams do, all teams do on offense, where we want to outnumber you in certain situations where we have more guys blocking that you have on defense to stop us. And you give a runner like Coleman an extra guy blocking for him, and if he can get to the outside. And that's, that's been a Tarpon's uh, biggest thing they have to overcome is when teams get to the outside on them, they pick up chunks of yardage. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is – Maddox Carmadale's not in there. And you oh, you, you lost Caden Jarvis. Jarvis. Yeah, it's there's been Those, some big losses. Look, they were big time players. And and you can see the difference. And there's no disrespect to uh the the guys taking their, their place, but it's you losing some starters. And uh, th- that's big on defense for the Tarpons. And if they can just come and force everything back on the inside, play good fundamental football. Vanderbilt loves to run some counters. And uh, Tarpon's got to be on their toes on defense. Maybe I'm um, just hyping up the local team too much here. I think E.D. White's going to beat St. James on Friday, and I think they're going to beat St. James decisively on Friday. You look at common opponents, they have played some of the same teams. E.D. White traditionally wins by 20 to 30 points more in those games than St. James does. Um Man, if, if if the Cardinals could get that one and get into the playoffs rolling ten and zero, um, someone asked me the question the other day. Hey, like, are they a legitimate threat to win it all in Division Two Select? Um, and I answered yes, of course. I mean, look, you beat Sam Houston. That's a team that almost beat Karen Crow. That's a team that's played some of the best teams in the state of Louisiana. Um, if I'm correct, and they go on the road and they get a win in that wild and rowdy environment in St. James. Whew, boy, you're going to have to get the fire extinguishers out during the bye week for E.D. White because that team's going to be in fuego. That's going to be a huge one. But I just think that E.D. White has such an advantage is that they could scout you better than you could scout them because in practice they could line up and do shotgun and do some of the things that you do to try to replicate your offense but you can't line up and run the option the way that they do. So it gives them a huge advantage in that a lot of times these teams don't figure out exactly the speed of what's coming until the second or third quarter when they're already beating you by 21 points. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to prepare for that triple option a lot of times, and E.D. White does a, such a great job of running it. It makes it it's so difficult to defend. But in case if you look at the playoffs, I mean, E.D. White the projections. Okay, I know people we we look too much into that, but they got E.D. White at three with with the bye, and uh, you got a former uh, or a St. Louis team that played the Tarpons. This were projected to be six. I don't think they want to be in that sixth spot. 
No, 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 no. Yeah, look, I, I saw Brock, if you're listening, <laughs> I mean this with no disrespect. I've seen E.D. White. I've seen you. You don't want to play. You don't want to play E.D. White. I'll go so far as to say you don't want to play Madison Prep in that first playoff game that St. Louis would get. And that would look, be a scary matchup in and of itself. You're looking at three, four. The four is John F. Kennedy right now. So you much rather be in no disrespect y- yes. to John F. Kennedy. Oh, yes. But you much rather be on that side, the bracket, oh, yes. bracket than on a E.D. White side. But absolutely, there. There's no doubt about that. Looking at that. Um, Right now, St. Thomas Moore 1, Lafayette Christian 2, and by the way, they play one another Friday, E.D. White 3. John F. Kennedy 4, Turlings 5, Shaw 6. Kennedy and Turlings are much more favorable matchups than, than yeah, that, no doubt. And that's the crazy part of this, right, is that so much of this is going to be determined by seeding and, and, and who's sitting where and who's going to play where. And that's one of the big things that Kyle is saying said, and there's a chance, certainly, that E.D. White could go up to number two, right? Uh, I'm assuming in Hunter's projections there that he has Lafayette Christian beating St. Thomas Moore, and that's the reason why E.D. White stays at number three. But if St. Thomas Moore beats Lafayette Christian, they're going to move down a peg. E.D. White, with a victory, would move up a peg, and E.D. White would get to number two. So there's still so much fluidity, man. It's going to be so fun on Saturday to look at these numbers and kind of start to mesh this thing out. And then the whole other thing that we're going to have to figure out, and I don't know that this is the case, and football it's kind of not as prevalent as basketball and other sports, we got to figure out are there any teams outside of the top 28 or the top 24 that are district champions because that could potentially knock somebody out. That cost South Lafouche a playoff bid one year. Um, so there's all those little wrinkles that we'll have to try to figure out before Saturday. Yeah, it's all going to start tomorrow because – I checked. There's 32 high school games in the state tomorrow. Mm-mm-mm. Let me see if there's any and that have South Lafouche implications. I don't implications. think there's any uh, directly like South Lafouche opponents. I don't think there's any, but there's teams right below and above South Lafouche that I think has opponents. So uh, Friday morning, the Tarpets can uh, we'll see where they stand going into that. That game. East St. John plays Holy Cross tomorrow. Um, that's a big one. Zachary and Catholic of Baton Rouge tomorrow. Man, I want to go to Baton Rouge to watch that. Jeez, uh, that's going to be incredible. Uh, Tioga and Grant Berwick and Patterson. Parkview and University Lab. I mean, there's some heavy hitters tomorrow. Manet's a good team taking on Lakeview. Um, CCA wrapping up their season tomorrow with Centerville. So, um, my goodness. Should be a whole, whole heck of a lot of fun. Let's catch a break when we get back. Mr. B.J. Young will be joining us. We're a little bit afternoon, but that's okay. We'll get B.J. in the next segment. His play-by-play will be right back after this. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. 
We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. And welcome back here to Play by Play. Casey just clear. Here we go to the phone lines now for our first call-in guest of today's show. It's Wednesday, so it's time to talk to BJ Young, South Bush High School. Good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Good, man. How are y'all? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, you guys are busy preparing for Vanderbilt. Um, I don't think there's any other way to slice it. It's a playoff game for your team. Uh, how are preparations going so far this week for the Terriers, man? <laughs> yeah, it's a big game for us treating it like a playoff game you know it looks like if you win you're in if you lose it's going to be really close so trying to take it into our own hands and uh you know control your own destiny so trying to get the win friday night and uh see kind of where the, where, the, where the cards fall but it's gonna be a tough one that's a good football team they coach well they got a lot of good players uh, a lot of them are well-known players around the area and throughout the State. So um, it's going to be a tough task for our kids, but I think our guys are up for it and they're excited for the challenge. I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question, bro. Um, what is going to be some of the things you guys have to do to slow down Coleman? Obviously, he's so explosive. He's so elusive. How do you guys stop him before he gets rolling? Yeah, I, I don't know if anybody stops him. You just kind of got to try to not let him, you know, take over the game. I mean, when you look at it, he, he's going to get his. You, know, you just got to try to limit Limit them. I think you know uh, it's going to be a tough. It's tough. You know we got some things in place. I think that that I think can work. Our guys uh, rolling around different positions, trying to get some guys healthy. And, and um, look, man, I, I think if we come out, we play hard, we play physical, and and I think we'll have a chance. I really do. Uh, our guys believe it. You know the the guys in this locker room believe it. And so, you know we got we got we got to come out and play physical and, and play hard. The next million-dollar question that I'm sure you've been asked a million times is, um, are you guys going to get some of your crew back? Uh, you, you got a few guys that are just kind of week-to-week. Are you guys expecting to be closer to healthy on Friday against Vanderbilt? The, the, they, they have practiced. I'll, 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 I'll say that. They have practiced. They, they want to play. We go, it's the same thing. No, I think it's kind of a day-to-day a day deal. They have looked better every day, though. You know, they have looked better every day. So looking to have another – today is kind of your last work day. So, 
we'll kind of gauge them more after today, let them move around more than normal on Thursday. And, look, honestly, I think they're going to give it a shot on Friday. I think they'll give it a shot, and we'll see how they play. If they're effective, they'll stay in. And if they're not effective, we're going to have to go in, uh, you know, in another direction and get a guy in there that's a little more effective. So tell me about that. I mean, obviously you guys are going through and making a game plan. Like, do you give more reps to the backups just kind of a plan B? Like, how do you guys juggle those reps during the week, knowing that there's a possibility that, you know, a kid like Maddox or somebody might play, but then not be able to finish the game? Yeah, it was almost 50-50, honestly. We split them pretty much 50-50, trying to, because you got to, they have to know what they're doing as well. You know, not every team runs the same stuff, so they gotta, they got to have an idea of, of, you know, how we're lining up to formations, how we're trying to defend certain certain schemes. But 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 on the, on the flip side is, you know, I'm not 100% confident that, that, that those guys, him or Tyler, is going to play either uh, or, or, or last the whole game. So they can't, you can't run into a situation where they come up to the sideline and they get, you know, Coach, I can't go, it hurts too bad, and you hit the panic button because no one else has gotten reps in that spot. And and, and and here, you know, you're not really, you're not really too deep all over the place. So there's a lot of chess pieces that's got to move. You might be pulling a corner to go to safety, and then the safety to go to, to linebacker, and then the linebacker to go to D line, and the D line to go to linebacker. It's all kind of shuffling that takes place. So there's a bunch of guys. Uh, if you if you show up to practice, you you wouldn't be able to tell me where the, where the kids play. They just they all over learning different stuff and. Um, it's what we believe is going to give us the best chance to win Friday night. Yeah, for sure, man. Look, uh, we talked a lot about your defense so far. Let's talk about your offense. It's a group that's coming in, playing some good ball. You guys never had to punt one time against Ellender. Big physical offensive line against a big physical defensive line. How do you guys try to get that ground game going against Vanderbilt? Yeah, I think it's something You, I think you're going to have to do a good job at mixing it up. I don't think it's something that you're just going to have to say, you, we're going to line up and just run the ball right at you every down. They, 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 it's a good football team. You're going to try to have to keep them on their toes and guessing and down in distances of what you of what you're going to be doing. Um, look, I like our team, and I, I think offensively we got a good group. Yeah, I think we'll be able to do some things, uh, you know, and have success with it. I just it's just going to look. I, it's just going to be two good football teams. I think we're going at it. I think if you show up Friday night, you're in for a good a, a treat. I think you're in for a good game. Uh, that I honestly believe. You know, I had a, a coach I worked with at EA call me the, over the weekend. I was like, man, it looks like it's coming down to, you know, one of us are getting in, one of us are not. And I said, well, I pray y'all lose. So, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> well, you know, he started laughing. And then he said, well, man, honestly, he's like, look, how y'all looking? And I said, dude, honestly, if it was, if it was Vegas putting eyes on the game, it'd be a pick em. You know, I think it's an even draw. I think. Uh, if we play well, we we will win. If I think we play well, we win. If we don't play well and they play well, they'll win. I think it's just who's going to be hot that night and and who's going to you know play with confidence and and, and momentum's going to change. So who's going to be able to ride the momentum wave? Um, who who who's not? Who's going to take the momentum and try to run with it? It's going to be a lot of different things inside of that game that I think is going to determine it. But I think it's going to come down to the end. In an evenly matched game, uh, special teams are going to be important. Who's going to avoid those pre-snap penalties will be important. You know, when there's a fumble on the ground, who's going to get nasty and go pick it up is going to be important. Like The little things become so magnified when you got two evenly matched teams, don't they? 
They do, man. It, it, it does. I think it's all that stuff we, you talk about us that coaches talk you hear all the time about the hidden yardage and winning a special teams battle and winning a turnover battle. Um, if if one team comes out there and and you know loses the turnover battle, that puts them at a, a legit disadvantage. I think if there's a bunch of special teams debacles one way or the other, I think that's going to hurt the team that that that's happening too. It's just going to have to be clean football, you know. Um, but at the same time, you got to be able to stress. <coughs> excuse me, you know, going out and playing relaxed. You know, you don't want to make the game bigger than what it is. Uh, you don't want to play. You know, you're not really trying to get into the thing where, like, we're playing Vanderbilt. You know, we, we just it's another team coming in that, that wants to beat you. And it's another chance to get out there and perform. And um, you, you kind of fight them things with rivalry games. You know, the same thing with, like, a Central Lafouche. You want them to know the importance of it. Like, you know, they do know. You know, if we win, we probably end. If we don't, it's going to be really close. Um, leaning to the side of probably not. Um, you know, historically, I don't know if that 9.833 or somewhere around there will get you in. So, you got to you got to win the football game, and so they know the importance. But at the same time, we want them to play relaxed and, and enjoy it and have fun. And uh, I think if we do those things and, and and we take care, you know, what we need to take care of, we'll be okay. We spent a lot of time here talking about how you guys have a lot of younger players, ninth graders and tenth graders, who are playing and are making a big impact. But I really don't want to forget the fact that you guys have a good, not a huge senior group, but it's a very impactful senior group. This is going to be their last home regular season game. Tell us about what these seniors mean to your program, brothers. You guys got some playmakers in that 12th grade class. Yeah, look, I'm going to tell you, I, I think there's, there's a seniors on our team that everybody, if you're a Tarpon fan and you come to the game, that you know about. But but equally important is the seniors that's in the locker room that don't, that don't play as much or you might not be as much as a household name. Uh, or they might not play at all. I think they they do an equally as important job, you know, of being a great team player, man. I, I you know a, a kid that comes to mind to me is like like Greg Seminole. You know, I don't know if that kid's ever missed a workout or a practice. Um, he's always like he's gonna come in the sixth period. He's gonna be the most excited one to be in here. You know, and 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 Greg don't touch the field, but just to have him in the locker room, you know, the guys rally around him. He's super positive. If something happens on the sideline, he's right there. Like, come on, man, we could do it. You know. Um, you know, never never hangs his head. So it's kids like that to me that mean that this is important as as like like a Miles or you know a Maddox or a Caden or, or guys like that that you know about. Um, it's just it's just the kids like like or like a Luke Pete, you know, who comes to work every day, who grinds it out, who's super positive. That might have to take reps in practice because you know Cade's not up to par or his hands broken or whatever. And then when it comes to Friday night, we we done patch Cade together a little bit with the ten reps he got in the practice throughout the week. And he goes out there and he gets to play majority of the snaps. And, and you never hear that kid say something about, you know, you know, it's not fair or, you know, coach, what's going on? Um, you know, they, he's all in, man. He, he, they bleed blue and he's all in for the team. And whatever we need, he does it. Uh, he, he blocks his butt off extra point field goal. He takes pride in it, you know. So it's the kids like that, honestly, as a group that, uh, that, that mean a lot to, to a program that, that help us, you know, win football games. You know, you've been at South Lafouche a little bit now. This is your fourth season. Um, Pod, it feels like, and, and, and I get some of this has to do with, you know, the winning. You guys have won five games, and, you know, it, it's it's not going to be a losing season regardless of how it goes on Friday. feels like you're having a little bit more fun with this bunch than, than maybe some of the others. And that's not a knock to the other teams, but it feels like the, the vibe with this group of kids is a little looser. It is, man. It's a good group. You know, I think back to um... – 
you know, like my, obviously that your first year is a, is a group that you'll never forget, you know, with Braxton and, and um, you know, and all those guys that, that you kind of come in and I'm the new guy on the block and to be able to listen to me and buy in and, you, you know, juggle the whole coronavirus thing and, and, and kind of pull together was a good group. And then the next year with the hurricane, you know, Pat and Jackson, uh, Brody, Pete, Hunter and Wes, all them guys um, was a fun year, man. I, I look, I, I think it's my 10th year coaching. My, my, probably my funnest win was when we beat Assumption over there, you know. Yeah. And, and it was just a good – it was awesome, man. And then, you know, we, we got a we got a home game and with all that stuff that was going on, and we came up a little short. But, man, that was a group that when they left, it hurt. You know, last year's group, it was not successful. But there's still kids on the team that, that you know, you, you grow – you grow to, you know, you're around them so much, man. For years, like, like you know, the Tiggs and then Caden Messers and guys like that that – you still build a bond with them, even though you're not having success. And then, obviously, this group's a good group, man. It's, it's family-oriented. Um, they mess with each other a bunch. It's like a bunch of brothers that's in a household. You know, you love your brother to death, but you're going to fight with him sometimes, you know. <laughs> um, but it's a good group, man. Same thing, you know. It's, uh, I hope our last one's not Friday, you know. And I know a lot of those guys in that locker room feel the same way. It's just it's fun, and nobody's ready for it to be over with yet. So hopefully we can get out there and get it done. No doubt, brother. Hey, thanks so much for the time, man. Good luck Friday. Can't wait. All right, man. Thanks. That's B.J. Young doing a good job. He said it's going to be a pick em. Hard to disagree. Um, it's going to be an awful lot of fun to see. I gave a, I gave you some of my keys in the last segment. I truly believe you're going to have to figure out a way to limit Coleman. You're going to have to figure out a way to finish your drives. If you do those things, you're going to be there at the end. You're going to have a great opportunity at the end. Yeah. Uh, up front, I think the uh, – Tarpons can possibly run the football. Uh, there are some things that uh, Vanderbilt does on defense. Hopefully the Tarpons can take advantage of it and uh, can run the, uh, the football defense again. they got to be fundamentally sound on defense to uh, control and contain Coleman as, as best you can. And, look, don't forget, Vanderbilt can also throw the ball down the field. they got some good-looking yeah, receivers. A quarterback gets the ball out to them. So, um it's going to be a challenge to, uh, you know, to compete with those guys. But same thing with the, the, the Tarpons. The Tarpons are coming in. They're a good football team. They're, uh, they're tough to, uh, to stop because they, they can do so many things on the offensive side of the ball where it keeps them in games a lot of times. And if their defense continues to play the way they've been playing, uh, especially before the injuries hit them, uh, expect a good, good uh, close game. Yeah, no doubt. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Taylor Griffin. We're going to have the turtle on. We'll talk with him about some different things happening in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. 
As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also, holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVEC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. Welcome back to Play by Play. We go to the phone lines for the final time today, and we got our guy uh, Taylor Griffin squared away. Turtle, what's good, man? How we doing? Hey, doing just fine. How y'all doing today? Doing fine, bro. Um, we're nearing the beginning of the high school basketball season, which I know is an exciting time for myself. It's an exciting time for everybody. Coach Kylie's excited. I'm sure you're fired up as well. Some uncertainty um, with the Tarpon teams. How are they going to look? It's going to be a younger group. But if you base it off of football, a lot of those younger kids are some of your standout players. So it's a very talented younger group coming up. It's going to be a new-look team, but can't wait to see how it shakes out. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, uh, you know, last year towards the end, you know, they had to figure out how to, uh, you know, play with the younger guys and get stuff done with a new look. And, uh, you know, right now we we get a – we get a fresh look at some young tarps, man. I I think they'll rise to the occasion. I think they'll just they'll they'll be just fine, you know. Uh, Coach Brody Williams is doing a great job and uh, getting the guys to uh, you know want to buy into his system. And it's a uh, you know it's a it's a happy time of year. <clears throat> happy time of year. I'm looking forward to it, man. I can't wait. Look, um, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about LSU and Alabama. The Tigers are traveling to Tuscaloosa taking on the Crimson Tide, a huge game. It always is. Most of the time, I enter the game not sure how realistic LSU's chances at victory are. This year, I think they have a legitimate shot. Um, man, how you break this one down? It should be a whole lot of fun on Saturday night. Dude, I'm, I'm really thinking here, uh, whoever has the ball last wins. It's... Um, you know, LSU has this amazing offense. Bama has this pretty good defense. I think those two clashing with each other should be interesting, should be fun. I see the game, you know, being in the in the 30s and just, uh, you know, whoever. It's, it's just going to be whoever wants it more, whoever's got the ball last. I, uh, I think this is probably the since 
I mean, other than that one Joe Burrow year uh, of magic, you know, that this may be the most confident Bama game I think I've ever gone into as a fan. I, I think uh, the LSU has a legit shot, and the fact that it's uh, Bama being favored by three, uh, I, I think I think this could have easily just been a pick 'em. Is Jaden Daniels the second best quarterback in LSU history? I mean, I know there's so many good ones. Uh, you know, Tommy Hodson and. Look, Jamarcus Russell was great, too. He doesn't get any credit because of how his NFL career went. But the kid's the favorite for the Heisman Trophy, according to most people right now. 25 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's rushed for 521 yards. This is all kind of out of left field. He struggled at times throwing last year. He doesn't struggle anymore. Is he the second guy behind Joe Burrow now? Hard to argue against that, man. His numbers speak for itself, and I would be almost as bold to say if he were undefeated right now this season and they would go on to finish, I may almost say, watch out, he's on his way to being the best one ever. But, you know, that that same, that same magic isn't there as it, uh, as, as it was for Burrow and – you know, I, I don't know if he'll take that number one spot, but right now, yes. Just just watch the numbers and pay attention. Uh, I have no problem putting him in the number two spot. Turtle, yesterday I was so frustrated. Um, the Pelicans lose to the Warriors in the Smoothie King Center. Three games into the year, we're already fighting injuries. Brandon Ingram, oh, I got a sore knee. I can't play. I, you know, I'm out. It's not the second game of a back-to-back. It's not, you know, four games in five days. It's not anything more strenuous than, oh, my knee's sore. And that's the most frustrating part about this, brother, is that it's a group that teases you, right? When they're together, they're so damn good. Start off the year 2-0, and but the problem is it's a group that's never going to be together. Because, look, Zion gets the bad rap, right? Zion's the one who gets all the headlines for the games that he misses. Brandon Ingram misses just as many games, Bubba, and already three games in. All oh, my knees sore. I can't play. You lose by 30 at home. It's going to be another injury-plagued year, man. It's already starting. Yeah, it's uh, it's extremely frustrating as a fan. I I really don't know which direction to go with this, man. It's, it, it's, it's almost not worth having them around just to get our hopes up and let us down every year. Um, I mean, wh- where do you go from here other than – petition for the NBA season to be shorter or just just get rid of Ingram and find something else and start over I mean there's there's, there's so many options man it, it just it, it it kills me it it bothers me it's um I don't know or do we just continue to go back I mean I'm, I'm not letting go of my theory of the, the possibility that you know start looking towards Oshner and just whoever's you know, the team training staff, everyone in New Orleans, you know, like why why are we continuing to have these hurt guys? That that's that's just as frustrating as the fact that they're not in it, man. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. In the NBA the big news yesterday is my guy James Harden gets traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Um look, dude, I, I I'm a Harden guy, I'm a Harden apologist, but it is probably pretty bad for the league that a guy who's under contract could say, Hey, I wanna get traded and then also list the specific team that he wants to get traded to and actually get his wish. On paper, the Clippers should be loaded. You got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, uh, P.J. Tucker. You got a ton of role players and a ton of shooters. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad for the league, but, boy, another contender has been crowned in Los Angeles. 
Yeah, um, and this isn't me, you know, quote-unquote hating on those guys. I just, man, they're cursed wearing that red, white, and blue Clipper jersey. They'll, just, <laughs> <laughs> they'll never, I don't, as much as I enjoy watching all those guys play, especially at some of their previous stops, man, I just don't see anything good coming out of, you know, the, the red-headed stepchild of Los Angeles until those guys go somewhere else, man. It's, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them a contender. They're, they're more like an on-the-bubble. They're more like a, a spoiler, just someone to watch for but not necessarily fear. So the Clipper ownership is building their new arena coming up soon. Do you think that that's going to kind of help them separate from the Lakers a little bit, having their own building to play in? Yeah, yeah. It's about time, man. It's that team, that, that organization needs their own identity. They need help. Move them, move them a few miles out and, and, and call, them, call them something. Like, don't even use the Los Angeles name anymore. Move them to a different city, man. Like, they, they, need, they need to be their own thing. Just the Los Angeles Lakers will always be the Los Angeles Lakers. Man, move the Clippers to freaking San Francisco or something, San Diego, anything, man. It, it, it's got to be better than sharing the arena, sharing the city, sharing the, the, the schedule, sharing the fans. It's, uh, they need their own identity, man. And until that happens, the, the Clippers are never going to be a true contender to worry about. Crown Jewel coming up on Saturday. It's actually before the LSU-Alabama game, which is going to be really good. you got Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre for the World Heavyweight Championship. Roman Reigns taking on L.A. Knight for the Undisputed Championship. Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul for the U.S. Championship. Uh, Cena's fighting Solo Sokoa, Cody Rhodes and Damian Priest. Is there um, anything out there that uh, stands out to you the most there? Uh, man, not really. You know, I, I'm kind of not a big fan of the, uh, as we've discussed before, the, the, the overseas events. I just... I can't see anything significant happening as far as title changes or anything like that uh, not happening in the U.S. You know, that's just simply not their style. Um, so I'm sure it'll be entertaining. You know, anytime Logan Paul is on, he's money, man. He's he's a needle mover. He's exciting to watch. Um, you know, as far as Roman giving up the belt to L.A. Knight, I don't see that happening either. I'm sure the fact that L.A. Knight's there will make it super super entertaining, but – I wouldn't read too much into it and expect any major changes with this premium live event. I uh, just uh, just enjoy it for what it's worth and and, and uh, get ready for the next big one. So the the big million dollar question is how do you have LA Knight job to Roman but stay super duper hot? Um, how do you threaten Roman enough without weakening him? Also, like th- there's a lot going on there. I'm curious to see how they handle that match. I mean, what you do with that, uh, it's all about the, the, the storytelling. It's all about, <clears throat> you know, not, not a, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it here uh, in, in easy terms. You know, you can't have L.A. Knight lose clean. That's what keeps him strong. It just you have him almost pull up, pull off the upset, almost pull off the victory, almost leave with the title, and you just get some outside interference, and you just continue to build up the story. But you, you got to get a little creative here. You got to keep the fans engaged, and you know keep keep those who are making you your money right now, like LA Knight, 
you got to keep him looking strong, keep the money guy strong by, you know, using some sort of, you know, outside factor to throw us for a loop. And that's, I think that's the only way you do it by keeping, keeping the strong looking stronger after this event's over with. Logan Paul's going to win the United States Championship, isn't he? I mean, look, he as soon as he got done with his last boxing match, he's in the ring challenging Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. Like, he's going to win that title, isn't he? Yeah, that right there, I don't see why he wouldn't. It, it, it's just, you know, the, the U.S. title is just so, so irrelevant, second fiddle, so forgotten about, uh, for me at least. I don't know how the rest of the fans do, but I, I could about – imagine you know it, it's just you know it's not that important so i could see logan paul winning that carrying it around a little while and making some noise just because he's he's just so he's such a big time money maker and it's good for his build-up it's good for his character it's good for his story to eventually lead him to be a headliner and you know contend for the the heavyweight title but um you know other than that yeah i yeah, he's, he'll probably win it, but I, I don't see anything else major happening for that show. Um, let's talk about this, man. Uh, AEW is not a topic that you and I spend a whole lot of time on because I don't really watch it. I don't think you watch it regularly either. But one of their big stories, yeah, one of their big stories right now is Sting has announced he's going to retire in early 2024. They have brought in Ric Flair to kind of like be his manager until then. He's feuding with Christian, who is feuding with Edge, and like, bruh, you got a bunch of dudes in there that are senior citizens, man. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> it's it's a mess, man. It's a mess. <laughs> it's uh, it's the late '90s WCW all over again, man. It's just desperate reaches and desperate cries for help, and just bringing back all the veterans that you are gonna bring money to the gate. They're gonna put butts in the seats, but once the butts are there, once the eyes are open, it's like, oh. Man, these uh, maybe these guys should hang it up here pretty soon because they are way past their prime, not only as physical performers but just as 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 relevance. Sure, they're legends; they'll they'll go down in in history, and everyone's memories will be great about them. But man, it's uh, it's time to it's time to get these guys off the screen, and that's I've uh, me personally, I've had about enough of them. You know, even if they were to, you know, come come to wwe it's you know it's 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 time to move on it's time to move forward with your young talent yeah i agree man look the big topic point right now is after crown jewel you got survivor series on november 25 in chicago um then the royal rumble coming up after that will we see phil brooks cm punk whatever you want to call him will we see him return to wwe the dirt sheets are saying no not happening triple h isn't a fan endeavor doesn't want it it could just be a cover-up, as they said the same things about Cody. Will we see CM Punk come back? Uh, I think you will. I think you will. I think it's all a swerve. It's all a curveball. It's all a cover-up. Uh, I think they'll use him sparingly, but they'll definitely use him just for pop and shock and just to throw us for a curveball. And what it does is it distracts you away from the uh, Bloodline storyline that's been going on for about three and a half years that had still hasn't closed yet. And it... Uh, you know, it'll it'll just help with WrestleMania buildup, and I I think CM Punk will be used uh, just in a great business sense to uh, keep the fans engaged and keep butts in the seats leading up to WrestleMania. I, th I think I think that's all it is. I don't think he's a major player. I think he's just a distraction. But the fact that they say he won't be involved is a distraction in itself. I think he's coming. 
He just, uh, I don't think he'll be used too majorly when he gets here. Panda, I'm, um, I, I was not under the realization until I just looked at this of how close we are to being in Stouffer Gymnasium. Like women's basketball and men's basketball in Thibodeau are starting right around the corner. In fact, next week uh, there's going to be a women's game at home, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. It is going to be the great unknown, man. Uh, the, the women were so young last year. You would think, you know, with a new coach and some energy and some new recruits that they would certainly be better because they were one of the, the lower-end conference teams. For the men, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge because you were one of the upper-end conference teams and you're replacing a lot of your roster. Tell you what, one way or another, I'm excited to see what it's going to look like. I can't wait to check out both the Colonels, men and women, this year. Yes, yes, indeed. And I, Casey, I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I got a text from uh, Andrew Kearney today, actually, that Monday home opener for the women has been moved up from 6.30 to 6. Yeah, got it. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure if uh, anyone was aware of that. But, yeah, I'm super excited about it. Look, the women had a down year last year. They struggled. Uh, they couldn't quite find their identity. They competed, but they couldn't close out, couldn't finish games. And they brought in a new, fresh, yet familiar face in Justin Payne, who has been a dominant coach at the D2 level. Um, you know, made it far in their tournament. And he's, uh, you know, if you've been following them on social media, the Lady Colonels basketball is uh, is on the rise, man. I can't wait to see them put all their work on the floor and start beating down some opponents. I'm super excited about it. And as far as the men's side, um, you know, you lose Coach Claunch, um, you know, he's going on to uh, bigger opportunities, and you bring in Tavon Sadler, who's familiar with the program, familiar with the area. Look, he's young, super young, super fresh. But what I love about him is, you know, the reality of the transfer portal these days, the reality of what it's going to take to compete at the mid-major level, just bringing in fifth-year guys, bringing in last-chance guys, bringing in – he's got a story, man. He's He was one of the best players to come out of the state of Maryland you know he's he's from over there he comes from the high major uh high major level of men's college basketball and he ended up finishing his career in Stouffer Gym you know he's got a story he could relate to the exact guys that he's trying to recruit here so I love putting him in this position I I you know as great as coach as coach Claunch was uh tongue twister that was a tough one as great as coach Claunch was I think Coach Sadler will be just as good, if not better, in these next couple years. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I can't wait for Colonel Basketball to tip off. I just confirmed that I'll be uh, doing the games again on PA, announcing the starters, starters, buckets, and everything in between. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Super exciting time of year for everybody. Dude, I'm going to ask you to back me up on this uh, because I've been saying now for close to a year, um, seeing what Thibodeau High School's doing with their Athletic Hall of Fame, seeing what Terrebonne High School's doing with their, with their Athletic Hall of Fame, we've got to start one down the bayou, bro. I'm sure you're with me on that one. I was going over, I made a list of about 30, 40 names uh, a couple nights ago. Uh, we got to get that rolling, bro. We got to get a South LaFouche Athletic Hall of Fame. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um it where where they would put it, I don't know, but whatever they decide to do, I hope they put it in a place where when fans come for games, they could walk by and see it. You know, yeah. I, I hope it's in a key place 
you know, where uh, where everyone can enjoy it and come reflect and reminisce and enjoy our history. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a long time coming, you know, that you know, we, we we could talk about it online all we want. We could talk about it here all we want. But it's it's time for some, you know, physical recognition. People can walk by and see just all the legendary Hall of Famers that have come out of this school. You know, it's uh, it, it, way past due. I, I'm excited for it. I say I'm excited. No one said that it's happening, but we <laughs> we hope it happens. And when it, if and when it does, I'm excited to see what they do. No doubt. Well, look, brother. Before we let you go, last thing I got: LSU, Alabama. Give me a pick and a score. Two. Forty-one thirty-eight. LSU. Sounds like a winner. Thanks so much for the time, Turtle. Enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It's always a blast. And as always, go Tarpons, and God bless America. Yes, sir. There's Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job, as always. We thank him so much for his time. Man, it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, like, I'm going to be in Stouffer Gym calling games on ESPN Plus like seven days from now, less than seven days from now. Um, you don't realize how close it is until it's here. Um, but Nichols will be at home on Monday opening up their season, and uh, I'll be blessed to be at that one. Can't wait. Yeah. Good time of the year. Yep, for Transition sure. Transition into a new sport and uh, cold weather, but we're going to be indoors. Nichols will be on the men's side taking on Tulane in their opener on Wednesday, so that'll be a good test. You know, Tulane's usually pretty athletic, and that, that'll be a great test for Coach Sadler and his crew, um, who were picked sixth in the Southland Conference to start the season. Sounds about right. I mean, they lost a whole lot. Um, and with the women, we'll see how Coach Payne could, could bring some new life and some new energy. But – Let's catch a break. Uh, when we get back out of the break, I got some mailbag questions that I'll get answered. I believe I got nine or ten of them, so we got a bunch of them. It's probably going to carry us to the bottom of the show. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand-new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big-town inventory and small-town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 50. 878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVAC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. 
Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. To play by play, this show has flown by. Goodness, it feels like we literally just got here and uh, we're already up against our last segment of the show. It's our mailbag segment. If you've got a question for me, I am at Casey underscore just Claire on Twitter, just Claire Casey at gmail.com. We are Kaylee B Radio on Twitter. We're Kaylee B Radio on Facebook. I'm Casey just Claire on Facebook. Um, most of the Bayou has my phone number somehow if you've got it. Um, shoot me a text with your question. I got nine of them to pick this week. And the first one comes from a listener who wants to know, just Claire, what do you make of the James Harden trade? Well, obviously I'm extremely excited. I got a Clippers lanyard on. I've got a t-shirt coming in the mail. I'm extremely excited about the potential that the Clippers are going to have this season. I think the 76ers are still going to be good too. The biggest thing to pay attention to is I think this is a situation where the Clippers might win the trade at the beginning because I think they're going to be strong, and for the next couple years, they're going to be championship contenders. But when Kawhi, Paul George, Harden, and Russ all kind of fizzle out because they're all in their 30s, right? The 76ers got a lot of draft picks in like 2028, 20, 2030, and, and they got a lot of those draft picks that could potentially be very good. So this is 100% the Clippers just moving all their poker chips in, saying, hey, we're all in right now. We'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. It could be a situation where at the end of the day, both teams end up winning the deal. Let's see how they can jail when Harden gets there. I, I saw a stat. The Clippers, since Kawhi Leonard has got there, have never had anybody on their team average more than five and a half assists a game. They've always needed a point guard. Now they got one. Harden averaged 11 assists a game last year, led the entire NBA. So we'll see. Uh, and he will be making his debut on Monday with them. Uh, they got a game tonight, but he just flew in. He'll be making his debut on Monday. Um, who do you pick? This is this is a good question here. I'll pull up the list. Listener wants to know, who do you pick to win the state championship in Division One non-select? <laughs> uh <laughs> Division one non-select is the home of Ruston, Neville, Zachary, Santa Mont, Destrehan, West Monroe, Dutchtown, East St. John, Sam Houston, Terrebonne, like all the biggest of the big. If you put me on the spot right now and said, who do you pick to win the state champion or the state championship? I would probably go with Ruston. Because they have beaten Lafayette Christian this year, who I think is incredible. That's the only time Lafayette Christian has even been close to anybody this year is when Rustin beat them. They beat Neville this year. They beat a 6-3 and three West Wachita team 48-6. to six. They're favored to beat West Monroe Friday in a showdown matchup. They beat Warren Easton via forfeit earlier in the year. 
They beat Jesuits. So I think that I would lean towards Rustin. But how do you also bet against Destrahan, who hasn't lost a game in Ions, right? They're, they're 9-0. and they, They're the defending champions, and they haven't been beaten. I'll tell you this. It's wide open. One thing that would lead you to think Destrahan would have a great shot, they haven't allowed more than 13 points in a game this year. Defense wins championships. Defense travels on the road. Defense is a great thing to have come playoff time. It's 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 going to be wide open. Division one non-select is ridiculous. And I, I'm going to give you Rustin. It's kind of a cop out there, number one right now. But there's five, six, seven teams that could win it all in that classification. 13 points is the most they get. That is amazing. Yeah, look, and that was this past Friday against East St. John. They've given up 7 7 7 11 0 0 7 0 13. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good work. That's pretty good work. Next question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, are the Saints the best team in the NFC South? I, they're, I'll say this. They're the most talented roster in the NFC South. But I can't pick them to be the best team in the NFC South because I saw a team in the NFC South beat the hell out of them in the Dome earlier this year. Like Tampa didn't just beat them. Tampa blew them out. Um, so I would have to favor Tampa. And I'll tell you this, man, and this is something that is not even really being talked about because he's kind of just a middle-level, mid-tier quarterback. I actually think Taylor Heineke's pretty good. And I think that now that Atlanta has got Desmond Ritter out of the lineup and they've moved Taylor Heineke in, I think that's going to make them better. I don't think New Orleans is going to win the NFC South. I'm sorry, I I, I don't. Um, I just think they're too inconsistent. I think it's going to be either Atlanta or Tampa Bay that's going to walk away with it. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. But I don't think they're the best team. In a, they should be. The best roster, They for should sure. be, but they're not. <sighs> this next listener is a troll who wants to know, Casey, would you rather have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback in Dallas or Deion Sanders as your head coach in Dallas? I mean, I don't want either one, right? Um, but I have to go with Lamar Jackson because I think Deion would be a disaster in the NFL. Um, and I think that Lamar Jackson, when he's healthy, because here's the thing, bro, like people think that I don't like Lamar Jackson or that I don't think Lamar Jackson's good. That's not ever what my argument has been. My argument has always been playing the way that he plays. He's not going to be there in December and January when you need him. And lo and behold, that's been true the last couple of years. So it's not that I don't think he's good. I just think that guys who are smaller, who run a lot, who don't slide, get beat up. So I would go Lamar in Dallas. I think Lamar is better than Dak Prescott is. I think it would be an upgrade if he's out there available to play. The problem is he's not ever out there available to play at the end of the year. Coach Prime in Dallas, I'm sure you would love that for obvious reasons. Cowboys would tank and would be miserable for them. It'd be great to see you go down in flames. I am in favor of if you're not going to be good, being really bad. So, well, yes, yeah, you are. So that would potentially maybe work out, um, and you'd probably get uh, Zion to be a coordinator. <laughs> oh, Zion! Uh, <laughs> what are your early thoughts, Casey, on Victor Winawamba? Well, actually, the SOB cost me some cash yesterday with FanDuel, so we're not a huge fan right now. Um, they were losing by 20 in the third quarter yesterday against the um, Suns and came all the way back and won 115 to 114. 
Did you did you see the end of that game? By the way, I did. Yeah, Durant just clean, Jesus. getting the ball taken away from. Yeah, I was, I was, oh, I was watching, and uh, I was not happy. Um, Winawamba is a good player right now. Um, he's 19 years old. He's averaging 16.7 rebounds, one assist. He's shooting 46 percent from the field. For him to ever grow, and he's got a ton of time, right? He's only 19. Your, your prime in the NBA is what from when you're 25 to 32. He's not even near his prime. But for him to get there, he's going to have to get more physically imposing. He's just too thin. Um, teams are going to bang into him over the course of 82 games. They're going to break him down. But his skill level is there. I mean, he made a couple of three-pointers last night. He made some mid-range. He had 18 points, eight rebounds, four blocks. Defensively, because of how long he is, he's very good on that side of the floor already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he looking really good. Not a star yet, but by the time he's in his mid-20s, he could – if he gets that 7'4", 210-pound frame to 7'4", 255, look out. That's going to be a monster, man. It's going to be a load to deal with. You have his stats from last night? You, yeah, uh, sure do. How many rebounds? 18 points, 8 rebounds, 4 blocks. Right. I would like to see a little more on the rebounding side, but they don't even play him inside. No, it's kind of hard when you're out the lane. <clears throat> they always got him. Yeah, they always got him outside. So um, we'll see. Right now he's kind of like a forward. I would like to see him become more of a center and put on some of that extra girth as he gets older in his career. But he says his favorite player is Kevin Durant, so he might like to play outside. Um, Casey, what are your keys to victory for LSU this weekend over Alabama? Um you got to limit Alabama's big explosive plays in the passing game. You give them one or two, that's it. It can't be, you know, four or five. Your defensive back's got to keep things in front. When it is third down, um, you've got to get Milrow off the field. He's he's not going to carve you up unless the guys are wide open. If you get a little pressure there, you got to get off the field. You've got to establish or find a way to establish a run game. It can't all be Daniels. It can't be Daniels dropping back 45, 50 times because Alabama's going to get home. They're going to sack him. They're going to beat him up if you do. So you got to get a run game going. you got to um, play even in special teams. I've said this all week. Alabama in big games either blocks a kick, runs a kick back, uh, coffin corner punts, pins you at the three-yard line. Like They do things – on special teams that make it difficult for you to beat them. You got you don't have to win that phase, but you got to be even. You can't lose that phase. Um, those are all some 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 keys. And then the last one would be, um, you know, somebody's gonna have to step up. I mean, you, you got nothing but freshmen out there in the secondary. Somebody unexpected is gonna have to step up and get an interception, recover a fumble, something like that. But if LSU plays well, I think they're gonna be okay. I think that roster for roster right now. LSU's got a better team, um, but you're going on the road. You're facing a great coach, and it's going to be a good ball game. But I do think LSU certainly has a, has a really good chance to win the game Saturday. I do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this one comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, why are you a Cowboys fan? Um, I think I've actually told this story on the air before, but I'll tell it again. Um, I'm a Cowboys fan because my father is a Cowboys fan, and the reason why my father is a Cowboys fan is because he was a fan of the NFL before the Saints even existed. And back this is back before there were even Super Bowls. And the Cowboys had a stretch for like three or four years ago during my dad's childhood where they finished as the runner-up every year behind Green Bay, Bart Starr and Green Bay. So he got attached to the Cowboys then uh, because they were the lovable underdog. They would always come up a little short, and he became a fan through that. 
just carried over to me. That's why I'm a Cowboys fan. And then a lot of people will say, well, why do you like Texas so much? Why were you such a Rockets fan? Well, that was just because of James Harden. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's just a coincidence. Why am I a Braves fan? Uh, that's not the question, but same reason why everybody else in Louisiana is a Braves fan. At one time, every single one of their games was on TV. That's the reason What for that. Same reason why we got a lot of Cubs fans, because they had the same thing. They had a TV deal with WGN. So, yeah, that's the answer. Just uh, being my dad's son, that's all. He, well, I just grew up. He was a fan. And it helped also, you know, young kids when they're first getting into sports, they like to root for teams that win. I grew up in the 90s. The Cowboys were excellent in the 90s and won three Super Bowls. So, that's part of why. That's that's the reason why we uh we were rooting on Big Blue for sure. Nothing that no 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 joke to be made. No uh, taunting. Nothing. No man. That, that. Look, when I was young, I was a big cowboy fan. I'm oh, Big time. You've uh lost some of your wisdom as you've gotten older, unfortunately. But hey, that. Well, that I know when they got rid of uh, Tom Landry the way they did. It. I just uh. And I was a little older, and I just switched this. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, who do you think is the best team in the LHSAA for football in any classification? Oh, God. Uh, let's pull this up. Um, I already told you I think Rustin and Destrahan are the mean machine in Division One. I'm going to go best team in any classification. I'm going to go and select Division Two, and I'm going to go Lafayette Christian. Even though they lost to Rustin on the road 29-26. I look at their body of work. They blew out Acadiana. They blew out Jesuit. They beat Turling 61-3. They beat Westgate 42-11. If they beat St. Thomas Moore Friday, which they're pretty confident that they could do, I think they would have to enter the playoffs in that conversation. But if not for them, then I would say either Carr or John Curtis. Um, Carr right now is 8-0. Rolling, I mean, doing Ed in the car things, playing great defense, great offense. John Curtis lost some tough ones. John Curtis lost both of their games in overtime to Holy Cross and Rumble. They got the old Les Miles uh, mojo. They've never been beaten in regulation. Remember when he mm-hmm. coined that after LSU won the championship in twenty se- uh, uh, 2007? Um, but I say this, and I've always said this, and, and I, I get – that it's not feasible because the kids go on and play basketball after, so the next sports season starts. But I would love to see at the end of the playoffs a tournament of champions where we took all the state champions and put them in a bracket to figure this out. Paul, can you imagine some of the games we would have then? That'd be amazing. It'd be amazing if we all together. Well, no doubt. But I get why we're not. I completely understand why we're not. Um what should happen, and this is the last question, what should happen to Jim Harbaugh? Dude, did you see the development in that yesterday? Where apparently his assistant coach, who's like, I'll be honest, when this whole thing broke at first, I was of the opinion of like, I mean, he he's the dude scouting. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you and I have gone and watched other teams play and watch what they run and study their baseline out of bounds. Like that's part of coaching in my opinion. But when you read yesterday that the guy got a media credential to, I believe it was central Michigan and Michigan state's game, got a media credential, went to the game, all decked out in central Michigan gear, acting like he was a part of their football staff and was standing on the Michigan state sidelines to study 
um, the signals and the calls and the different things. That's a different level of shady. And um, Harbaugh might be in some very hot water here very soon. I don't know if it's going to keep them out of the playoffs this year because NCAA justice moves really slow. But I do think there is a very real possibility that Jim Harbaugh is going to see all this doo-doo hitting the fan and say, you know what? It might be time for me to go back to the NFL next year because I think that the more and more this comes out and the uglier and uglier that it starts to look, I think Michigan might get slaughtered because this is very, very shady what they're being alleged to have done. Who gave this guy the credential? How did he get that's don't know. I mean, and is it his assistant coach? Yeah, I mean I Oh yeah, yeah, they got I don't know the guy. Apparently they got pictures of him on the sideline. He's decked out in central Michigan gear, acting like he's like an equipment manager, a staffer or whatever, and just studying Michigan State stuff. You know, and it looks shady. They have a, a, a TV clip where they kind of zoomed in something on the sideline and he kind of knew the cameras. He just turned his head down and didn't look at it. I mean, having somebody on the sideline of your opponent, and, and man, that's just. Yeah, I mean, if you want to send the guy to the games and he's buying a ticket and he's going to all the games and he's got a little notebook and he's looking through his binoculars and he's trying. Like, to me, that's just part of scouting. But when you're lying and saying that you are someone that you are not to get access that to me is stealing someone's huddle password and yeah, watching I, their practice. I was I was getting ready to say that's a step above stealing somebody's huddle. Yeah, that's that's where it becomes that, a huge issue, and, and it's a Michigan team that is starting to strike out a little bit, right? I mean, Harbaugh was suspended for three games this year because of some separate NCAA trouble, and then now you got this and. Um, my buddy Richard said it best. Um, and by the way, a Michigan beat Michigan State forty-nine to nothing on Saturday, so it looked <laughs> it looked like they might have been knowing some things that were going on. But can you imagine the outrage now? Though there's four games left, and I think it's pretty safe to say that they're probably not doing any of this stuff anymore. But can you imagine if they all of a sudden started to struggle a little bit? Like how fishy that would look. That that could potentially be. Yeah. It- <laughs> terrible if that happened it could be a really really big thing fine bombs already come out today he said that the the conference should suspend jim harbaugh and like it's it's crazy man this thing is going to get really nasty and i I do think he's going to go back to the nfl at the end of the year and did you see a guy with the raiders this morning yes mcdaniels got fired from the raiders today after a poor performance on monday night football um Antonio Antonio Pierce, I believe, the old yeah. linebacker is going to be the interim head coach. The Raiders are paying between Gruden and McDaniel's. They are paying eighty million dollars to two guys who are not going to coach there anymore. <laughs> Unbelievable! Let's wrap up today's show. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, it was a good one. Tomorrow we're not in studio. Tomorrow we are going to the locker room Looking at Terrell General. Yep, yeah, we've got basketball media day. We're going to be talking to all the coaches and uh, get you guys ready for basketball season. But enjoy this beautiful weather. Have a great rest of the day. God bless. Love you all.